new persuasive words. I'm Scott Jones. And I am the king of the north, Bill Poor. You are the king of the north. Do you live north of me or not? No, I live south of you. You do? Yeah. Slightly so, south. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you have to go south, although it never goes well. <laughs> for the people of the north when they go south. Starks no. going south never to go well. Yeah, I thought last night picked up, by the way, the episode. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway. And uh, not as interesting as the Game of Thrones going on in Washington, D.C. No, <laughs> no, nothing. I feel like there's so much going on. With us, it never rains, but of course. So we have, we're booking bogus just for the next couple of weeks yeah. out. We're, you have an article just published in the Mockingbird magazine, which we're going to talk about. We have something which we shared with some friends that didn't find as interesting as we did, but about T.S. Eliot. Right. No. We have, we're going to talk it's a little bit about It's always a good atheism. day to talk about T.S. Eliot. Yeah, but I just feel like we're so, we are so backlogged. The cue, you know, it'd be funny if we actually wrote them down. I'm looking over at the wall, the blank the screen. The whiteboard. <laughs> the whiteboard. If, if we actually wrote stuff down, the whiteboard would be, would be tough, chalk. Would be so full right now. <clears throat> so... Those of you listening, we may forget everything we just said tomorrow, so please remember. Well, and also, so here's the thing. Like, we just want to say minutes ago, we learned that the mooch is gone. Yeah, and our first reaction was, I guess, a little disappointed. We feel cheated. You said, we did. Yeah. I felt, we felt cheated because the man was walking material for uh, days, but uh, <clears throat> thank God for the Republic, but... He's somebody's little boy! <laughs> I was a Colbert say, Colbert like, hey, I know I said I'm going to fire everybody and I want to knife you from the front, not the back, but hey, be nice to me. I'm somebody's little boy. <laughs> and of course, there's the vice president, Pence. You know, the great thing about Donald Trump is you know exactly where you stand with him. Oh, my goodness. America's stepdad. America's stepdad. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, here's what we were just talking. The trouble about. is, we may end up with America's stepdad. Right, exactly. We were, <laughs> and we did, we did drink a, a toast to the mooch. The we, mooch, you know, uh, long may he roar somewhere else. Yeah, those who are about to die, we salute you. Yeah, we could decide whether to toast him or nominate him for Father of the Year. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but here's the interesting thing that we just realized: Spicy. Is still in the White House. He outlived the mooch. That's good. That's they, good. People are gathering. We might even catch Sarah at three forty-five. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's uh, I, you know, I I find her fascinating. I love her press briefings, but I watch all of them if I can. And they're in Spicy's office right now, did, did figuring you, out where we're going to sit. I can't remember which uh, late night uh, comedian did it, but they did Donald Trump's letter back to Pickles. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, Pickles. My friends call me Pumpkin. <laughs> oh, my God. But we're going to talk about weightier things. And uh, if you got, and thank you, everybody. You often give us topic ideas. So if you have ideas, please send them to us because yes. we, we often do them. Yeah, we uh, do, and we do appreciate the feedback. It does help us. And yeah, it's not only encouraging, but it does stimulate our thinking. Exactly. So we have what we chose to do today from the queue, which is just massively crowded. Right. I can see it. Oh, well, let me wipe one thing off. Go ahead. I just, all right, there we go. I love the whiteboard. I have to be in the right mood, but I, it's very like. No, I like sometimes like writing on the wall. So this is from Salon. Uh, Bill Torres, who has a book forthcoming in October. Scientific analysis of the threats 
rolled. <laughs> did you see Friday night? Stephen Colbert did this thing about Al Gore said that when he was on the show that his new climate change movie is a great date movie. And so then he and Colbert Friday did a bit where they did climate change pickup lines. And Al, I hope you don't run on fossil fuel. Because you've been running around in my mind all day. <laughs> Colbert's like, the... Um... <laughs> they were great. They were, they were just no, great. I missed that. I they were pretty, yeah, it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So this is Phil Torres, and we'll tweet him out uh, when we post this. Great piece, right? From the yeah, Enlightenment no, to the Dark Ages. Yeah. How New a- Atheism Slid into the alt-right. alt-right. Provocative title. But basically... He his the short end of this is he's an atheist, Phil. Right. I feel like we know Phil already. Phil, <laughs> Phil our, our friend, friend Phil, Phil, atheist. Phil the atheist. But he's like, look, the the athe- the new atheist movement, which I should be sort of honky dory about and love, ha- seems to be sliding into regressive cultural values. Yeah. That, and again, this is uh, probably a little overstated. It's right. a little overgeneralized. No, it is. But it's not nothing. No. I mean, the quotes he marshals are significant, right? And basically, he's arguing that uh, people like uh, Christopher Hitchens, who started off pretty progressive politically, wound up being a neocon. And, right. and some of the anti-feminist uh quotations for some of these the the yeah we're very proud of but he yeah sam just, harris who usually is fairly measured he threw some of his out and of course <clears throat> dawkins just got you know you you and i didn't talk about this but you know, they with was it in berkeley where dawkins was supposed to speak or was that no it was wisconsin no it's berkeley was it berkeley yeah because yeah. of his islamic comments anti-islamic comments, which yeah it's one of the things that's interesting <clears throat> uh and again, you and I disagree sometimes, but I think this is where Bill Morrow gets in trouble, too, because he he kind of, because of his inherent anti-bias towards religious thing, he kind of lumps things together. I think he does. He does. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of, I think that's part of their slippery slope of prejudice. Because Although Bill Maher would say the problem is that I think if, I mean, his argument would be that if anything, like, comes out of Saudi Arabia, came out of the Vatican, liberals would say, let's invade Italy and kick them out of NATO. But but what happens, his argument would be that liberals uh, equate racial and cultural tolerance with uh, illiberal ideas in certain religious cultural groups. And so basically, right. he thinks that Islamic extremism gets a pass no, I think he could be right that too. I mean, there are millions and millions of Muslims who have a lot of trouble with what comes out of Saudi Arabia. By the way, before well, we go any further, should we just alleviate everybody's anxiety? There's no staffing changes coming at New Persuasive Words, despite what you've heard. No. <laughs> Bill and I will still be the co-hosts. We are. We're still together. Uh, <laughs> we've kept uh, all our staff in mind. You know. All of our financial forms have been filed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> just to, you know, all, our, all our involvement with in, uh, international... Things have been yeah. listed, which the eighty cents we have in assets together have been claimed. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there because right, you know right. people 
People need comfort in the world. And our tax forms are available to look at, but I would suggest you drink beforehand. Yeah, I mean, they'd be humiliating, not, not in the uh, dishonest, but, but, just in, in the earnestness with which we've made no money. Well, it feels good that we've got that all out there. There you go. I just wanted to be our listeners. Yeah, because people might be on the edge out there. Right? Exactly. And we, uh, you know. Right. We're yeah. both somebody's little boys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Team, team New Persuasive Words still is intact. Such as we are. Yeah, as we are. Yeah. We're taking a quick break to ask you a question which you can interpret as you will. Do you like this podcast? Do you love it? Do you just listen to it to shout at us? But do you want it to keep going? If so, consider becoming a Patreon sponsor. If you do, whatever your motivation, we will read your name out on the thank you roll call, which will begin right now. Thank you, Peter Stegenwald, Samantha Blythe, Sari Graham, Jordan Morseberger, and Josh Redder. Thank you all for being my Patreon sponsors. If you want to sponsor this podcast and help keep this content that you enjoy coming out, please just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. And there you can find information about how to give. If you give just five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on this podcast and help develop some future podcast projects that will be unfolding in the future. Thanks again to sponsors. And please, if you like this podcast, consider becoming a Patreon sponsor. And now back to the conversation. So, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting piece, though, because I think in you actually said that there's an interesting parallel right like that this there's a kind of banal folk religion to the new atheism and some segments of american evangelicalism where things we were talking this morning about as we often do yes is that we did a an episode i don't remember when it was but on benedict's when he was rot, he's always Ratzinger not, but <laughs> right. but his book Truth and Tolerance relays right. out that topology where basically once right. you go beyond what happens animism, to really, how do, how religious movements evolve. Yeah, yeah, you basically go from animism to something like polytheism, and then you realize, okay, we're just making ourselves, you know, more powerful like right. superheroes, and, and it goes away from Odin and Zeus and into one. Benedict thinks one of three streams, either kind of critical reflection like the. European Enlightenment, a mystical identity, as you see in some, or prophetic revolution, where there's still a personal deity, but that deity is large, but actually stands over against us, could be for us, but stands over against us in the form of a um, there. And he thinks that when... The human spiritual consciousness, with all its diversity, evolves. It usually goes in one of those three directions. But what you were saying this morning is it can devolve. <laughs> right. No, like, for instance, the uh, Praise Chorus America, Make America Great Again, is a pagan, is a pagan hymn. It's bad, uh, bad music. Bad music. <laughs> but no, but, but to, say, to sing that in the context of a worship service is a pagan thing to do. Because you're actually, instead of lifting up the deity— are we completely against pagan things in worship services, though? Like, we're not. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just naming it. No, but it, it, I think it's unredeemed paganism. <laughs> right? It's not thoughtful paganism. It's not, it's not baptized paganism. Because I've seen Episcopalians and Rittenhouse Square, 
uh, on Easter Sunday after a lovely worship service, drink mimosas while their kids ran around unsupervised in the square hunting Easter eggs. And I thought that was godly paganism. Yeah, and, no, I affirm that. Yeah, I actually was part of that celebration. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I didn't get one Easter egg. but some fine mimosas. But yeah, no, I think it's, it's unreflective. If you had to choose mimosa or Bloody Mary? Hmm, probably, probably mimosa. I like all the ingredients of a Bloody Mary. Tomato juice. I like tobacco. Somehow in the thing, it doesn't. You know, it wor- it works for uh, brunch. I like if you add uh, like old bay seasoning to it. There's a at the Churchville Inn. There's a whole Bloody Mary bar. That's more than I need. Oh, I think one option is fine. But I do like the. I'm going to take you there one day. All right, we'll go there sometime before or after church. After church, yeah. <laughs> before, we should, we should go. We after. should record there, and we'll just set up the recorder, and we'll just we'll. There's bacon. At the Bloody Mary, but just whole strips of bacon. Bacon to put in your drink? Yes. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I like, I really believe in bacon. But do I want to put them in? See, I've never seen you so ambivalent before. And it, like, yeah. like, you really, I've put you back on your intellectual heels. Yeah, I don't I mean, know what, I don't know how, where I stand on this. For instance, bacon on a dessert, I'm not, not so much about that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, bacon. I'm with cupcake, you on that. Yeah, no, but bacon and a Bloody Mary. I don't like salt and sweet mixed. <laughs> I do like salt and sweet. So you're a kettle corn, corn guy. I like kettle corn. I also like going to the movies. I like popcorn with junior mints. Mix the junior mints. I in. put the junior. That's mints. disgusting. Well, it depends on who I'm with if I do it or not, because you have to make you have to have consenting people to do that. Leviticus. Yeah, against that. it's a well. John Calvin wouldn't like it either. No. He doesn't like mixing stuff. I don't like it. <laughs> Well, then if we if we go to the, we've never been to the movie. If we go to the movies, we we'll have to have individual pop. But but we digress. So we digress. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> this whole pagan thing in my yeah. But I'm just I'm just fixated on this. Anyway, <clears throat> no, I think there's a sense where you know what 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 drives it is it is it when a kind of certainty, you know, both you know one thing that the neo-atheists have and evangelicals have, or at least certain brands of evangelicals, is this kind of certainty. I think certainty is fundamentally anti-human. Yes. I mean, we've talked about Halik yes. a lot. Best of atheism, humanistic spirit. Yeah. And I think, you know, he calls atheism, fundamentalism, forms of impatient faith. And I think we could shorthand that also as anti-humanist. Yeah, I think that's that's a great that's a, that's a great connection with that because what the trouble that the new atheist and the um, whatever that particular fundamentalist is marching to is exactly that they have neither patience with God or the human race, and because because again, we get back to it, because they're right, everybody has to be wrong. I remember C.S. Lewis one time saying that actually becoming a theist that made him more open minded. Because when he was an atheist, everybody had to be wrong. Yeah. And I think there's, it's, it's an interesting where fundamentalists and, and, and atheists circle around, at least the, you know, the intellectually dishonest atheist, because everybody else has to be wrong. Yeah. And what happens with that, it, then it allows you to, either, to set up either an inquisition or a gulag. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what's problematic. And, and in, you know, if you, can't, if you don't have the power to actually set up a gulag— or an inquisition, or to make a 
muse, like a museum theme park, which is <laughs> my dream. <laughs> then the new persuasive, like if we did our Ken Ham version, what would it be though? Here's trying to get you into cognitive dissonance, and it's okay. There's grace for that. What would it be? We is, could do. We could. Could, we, could there be a ride? Or what we, would we, we could do? We could do. Cue the musical. The the lost. I, it would be so. No one would. It, people would think it would be like. No one would come. Yeah. It would be something that would have to be like some like it would be like Manhattan performance. Okay, or we could go down. We okay. All right on this ride, you actually hear a tree falling into woods without anybody there, <laughs> and you write an essay. That's right. <laughs> Right. It would be a form of punishment for most people. <laughs> That's right. right. Okay. So you could do um, uh, six months in jail, or you could go through the New Persuasive no, Words sorry, theme, sorry, park. The theme Park. Gulag Inquisition, New Persuasive Words theme, theme Park. park. <laughs> but So that's why you have to, but because, f- thank God, these people don't have the power of the sword. That's why they do, um, you know, they do Inquisitions vis-a-vis their rhetoric, uh you know, I was listening to a commentator from, uh, gosh, National Review. He just wrote an article that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's making the Kevin rounds the death was, of a salesman. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, is it Kevin Williamson? I think so. Something like that. But he, someone asked, he was asked, why did evangelicals support Trump? And he said they wanted a strong man. They wanted a strong yeah. man. And, and the, the, you know, the trouble with that. By the way, we should say the National Review is a friend of the show. David French, we like the National Review. All our conservative listeners... We're fr- we like the National Review. They're friends of the Did show. Did you just say we? You like the National Review. I, well, I you like quoted. William F. Buckley. I do like it. Yeah, I mean, I like thoughtful conservatives. I don't agree with them, but I like people who make me think. Yeah, I love David French. Good yeah, guy. Big, big Star Wars guy. Yeah, okay. And big Game of Thrones guy. Okay. I'm just right, saying, dude. I'm just noting. All right, no. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we are, I just want to say... We are eight minutes away from the scheduled Sarah Huckabee press conference. So that's, those always go late, but like people are in the press room. So we'll, we'll, we'll be watching. I hope, I hope Pickles comes back. <laughs> Pickles, can Mooch come to my birthday party, Mr. Trump? You're my favorite president. I think you should be. Would you have hospital. a drink with the Mooch? No. I would. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I completely would. Now, he could set up an appointment to come for a counseling session with me. I would totally hang out with him. I would not hang out with him, but I would I would see him for professional service. He needs them. But back to human apotheosis. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, um, the Mooch, uh, Scott will have a drink with you, and either before or after, I'll have a session with you. He's somebody's little boy! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh-uh. everybody... We're having a tough time with this episode because of all the news. That's right. Know? We're just spinning things. That, that's the trouble with the whiteboard. It's just it's just crowding <laughs> in on us, as we were saying. But we would say, right, like, so this is equal opportunity um, uh, indictment in the sense of we need a, a humanizing, we need a more humanistic politics, and we need a more humanistic religious uh, spirit in this country. Yeah, you know, I, I said this. And, that, and, and atheists, I mean, and I include atheists in that. Like, I mean, there are many atheists I know that I find like Halik, a great human. I mean, yeah, they're, they are Orthodox Christian. They're but comrades. I, yeah. Now that's going to be Bill's a communist. With that kind of, they're comrades. <laughs> yeah, you said it. I'll be yeah, the communist. Yeah, Bill calls atheists Bill's Marxist commentary. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, I did it. Some... I'm rubber. You're glue. Whatever Bill, <laughs> whatever shit bounces off of me and sticks to Bill. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's true. That would be, you know, that would be those. There's some of you study our podcast. That would be a good thing. By the way, if you do that, get a life. <laughs> You can come if you do that. You can come party with Scott and then have a session with me. Exactly. <laughs> What's well, no. a whole retreat plan? A spiritual formation retreat. Right. That's right. <laughs> you you meet with me and then you you, you decompress with uh, yeah, exactly with uh, Scott but or recompress, recompress or just something. Um, By the way, we'll be in DC in December. Yeah, with Michelle for a trialogue sermon, which we've never done. A trialogue? Yeah, it's me, you, and Michelle. So if there, you, if you there's a new a, unholy trinity exactly, if there ever was one. Yeah, this is worse than sin, death, and or better. It's like Constantine <laughs> <laughs> raised from the pits of hell to fight the forces. Oh of yeah, the, not not Constantine the emperor. Constantine the very good, very nice. Uh, what was the the saint of death, the saint of murderers on um, preacher? That could be part of yeah. it as well. But no, I, I think the thing, you know, I, I gave this, this is something I've said a lot, particularly in the first years of the new millennium, that I thought the, the struggle of the 21st century is not the fighting for God, because God doesn't need us to fight for him. So yeah. all, all you apologists out there, you've wasted a lot of time. But by the way, Fitch, if you're listening, that was an anti Christendom sentiment from. All right, yeah, there's. Bill Porn, Wait, there I just threw you a metaphorical bone. I'm actually exactly. moving my hand in the air. Minute twenty, <laughs> uh, Fitch is. Um, it's 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 it's. Uh, I think I owe him at least one, since I do often act as a contrarian to some of. Them. You guys, it's like Ghostbusters. If you're in the same room, the streams will be crossed. And maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Yeah, it's like that's how they beat the State Puff Marshall. Man. <laughs> like, that's like when the apocalypse comes and we're like worried. Like, well, we get Bill and we'll cross. Well, you said we shouldn't cross the streams, but maybe we need to. <laughs> See you on the other side, Dr. Exactly. Finch. Um, but um, I think the real struggle in this uh, century on all kinds of levels is fighting for humanity. And so that, you know, really the incarnation, I think, needs to be the doctrine of the 21st century for lots of different reasons, but for humanity, for for the way we treat one another. Um, again, C.S. Lewis in that, in that essay, um, um, The Weight of Glory, <laughs> remembering that you're in the presence of potential immortals yeah. and, and walking that way. And also, I think, in just in terms of embodied life, I mean, whether it be <clears throat> some of the challenges, I mean, there the people who know most about this stuff are warning us about artificial intelligence. Uh, one projection is in the year 2100, uh, the, the planet could be two degrees higher, which would be catastrophic. And, uh, you know, I was doing the math. My, uh, uh, at least my grandchildren be around and even my grandchildren, my grandchildren could, would be, could still be around during that time. Their children will be dealing with it. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of things to think about. And I think a Christian humanism, uh, and I think some of the best thinking that ever happened in Christianity can come under that rubric of a Christian humanism. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, our friend Jason Michelli said something today, quoting Fleming Rutledge about her ambivalence about the word spiritual journey, because she's like, well, it minimizes the fact that God has journeyed, or can minimize the fact that God has journeyed to us. 
And I think that if Christians really took the incarnation seriously, there'd be a lot less need to control. And I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of Christians and, well, and, and anything, you know, again, the, 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 a lot of, let's just say non-humanist voices, which are, you know, of every religion, of every, all irreligion, there's something about control behind that, right? And so I think the, where the, where there's, where there's the least carnage is people. Yeah. Now my trouble with what she says is that I would add to it with a good doctor of incarnation, the, the spiritual journey is being present to what's there. Well, yeah, this is what Bart says, right, too, yeah. 4142. What Augustine it's, says. It's well. up and down. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah there's yeah. two stories. Up in, and inward. That's really, yeah. it's an Augustinian. And, and Bart says that, you know, there's two journeys in the one person of Jesus and in John and certain the eternal son is Jesus. of And in the synoptics and other parts of Paul, you get Jesus of Nazareth is revealed as the Son of God. And so there's a story of descent and yeah. no, at the same time in the... Yeah, so I, I do think it's, you know, once in future life is what we always are kind of are, are living in. And, but realizing that one, our once in future is based on the once and for all. And so to me, the thing about it is, as Christians... I really do think you're misreading whatever tradition you're part of, because there's there can be a lively uh, affirmation of of what we don't know in every Christian tradition. Uh, there can be. I didn't know you were an R.C. Sproul fan until the other day. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm an R.C. Sproul fan, but at a stage of my journey, <laughs> that was a very helpful book. That uh, now R.C. Sproul would be not happy where his book helped me go, but that at 18 beginning to see a lot of problems with the Bible, it was actually a step towards making me hungrier for more uh, things that, that were beyond the scope of what R.C. Sproul could provide. That was a good, that was a, an important transition from a kind of simplistic fundamentalism that I was. So like um, Bart Campolo's podcast is called Humanize. Humanize me, humanize me. Well, see, you know, again, what's wrong with Bart Campolo's humanism? Same thing was wrong with his Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Being totally honest with you, <laughs> and I think that's sad. I mean, it's sad for both counts, but that's his journey, and uh, he can keep walking on it. But we want to fully state that we're humanists on this point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, are, and so are. is Thomas Aquinas. I mean, exactly. you could argue that Calvin was a kind of a, a kind of humanism, though many people would not call him that. I think there's a lovely and powerful transition. I think Bonhoeffer brings us back to a kind of. Uh, Embracing of Christian, uh, a different kind of Christian humanism in a, in a kind of a post-Christian world, but I think a lot of, a lot of great, no, not a lot, all the great theologians <clears throat> are affected by meditation and interpretation of the life of God in Christ, and that includes an affirmation of His divinity and an affirmation of His humanity. I mean. He not only showed us who God is and what the love of God is, but he showed us what it meant to be human. And frankly, given the state of the world and our country, and also sometimes the state of what I see in the mirror, I, we all have a lot to learn about more what it means to be Yeah, the question isn't whether or not God is human. but Right, and so um, our 
poor misguided atheist friends and poor misguided evangelical friends. Um, we're poor too. We're poor too. If you see our tax returns. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's in some levels, if you're being killed by a totalitarian, whether it is a Marxist or a fascist, your dead is dead and oppression is oppression. And I think the same thing can happen with bad thinking when it comes towards our fellow human beings. Besides the new 